Once again, my name is Brett Friesman. I'm the director of Youth and Young Adult Ministry here at TFRC. Uh, this fall, we unveiled our brand new vision and direction for our church, and we are so excited about it. It is the gospel is real, and the gospel changes everything. It's not just another feel-good story with a good moral. It's changed the course of history, and it's changed the course of billions of lives. As followers of Jesus, the gospel should transform us. We want our new vision to be our rallying cry, to be that thing that gets us excited and passionate about our faith in Jesus. We truly want those two truths, the gospel being real and that it changes everything, to be what drives the ministry of our church. And we believe that because of this, there's eight directives that we're being called to live out. And those eight directives are biblical obedience, being spirit-led, being a safe haven, meeting Jesus, living transformed lives, having a missional impact, being future-focused, and being ever-expanding. This fall, we've been looking at these different directives, one each week, to try to get us excited for and set the stage for where we're heading next as a church. As we lean into these new directives, this new vision, it's our hope that it starts to shape the ministry culture that we do and live out here at Twin Falls Reformed Church. <clears throat> this week, we're going to be looking at the directive of transform lives. To transform means to make something old to something new. That could be changing its characteristics, its form, uh, its appearance, its character or condition. As a little kid, I had a pretty big imagination. One of the things that I loved to do was go into my room and I would play with my action figures. And I had my Ninja Turtles and I had my Batmans and I had my Star Trek characters. And I would become those characters as I played. I would speak like them. I would do things that they would do. But I would also pretend to be those people. I would, I would dress up as Donatello the Ninja Turtle, or I'd dress up as Batman, or Lieutenant Commander War from Star Trek for all my Trekkies out there. But let's be real, not a lot has changed as a, in adulthood. Um, I'm still a bit of a big kid, and uh, you, know, you put me in a safari outfit around animals and nature, and something starts happening. Survivor Steve comes out and he starts looking for all these beautiful creatures. And there's a lot of bad things that happen with Survivor Steve, too. But uh, the other thing that happens is when I'm playing with my kids and we're playing Batman, this mysterious thing starts to happen as I put on the mask. <laughs> Do you want to know why? Because I'm Batman. Exactly. I, I become this new person. I am transformed. I'm no longer Brett Reisman. I'm Batman. <laughs> and it's an amazing feeling. Everyone has a really realistic looking costume. I am looking for a costume to go with the masks. Just throwing that out there. But I think that our faith in Jesus has a similar result. As we live into our faith, it should start to change and transform the way that we live, think, and act. It should change who we are. We should start living visibly different lives because of it. 
When we say we want to be a transformed community, transformed people, we're saying that TFRC wants to be a community of faith where we live visibly different lives because of the faith we have in Jesus. The passage we're going to be in today, in my humble opinion, is one of the greatest stories of transformation in the New Testament. Our passage today can be found in Acts chapter 9, verses, not, verses 10 through 19. And our scripture read for the day is Darren Van Hofwagen. Hey, would everyone just please rise with me and face the center of the room? Uh, what we do here at TFRC is we stand up and face the center of the room while we read scripture to remind us of the primary lens it's supposed to have in our lives. So Darren, whenever you're ready, feel free to get started. In Damascus, there was a disciple named Ananias. The Lord called to him in a vision, Ananias, yes, Lord, he answered. The Lord told him, go to the house of Judas on Straight Street and ask for a man from Tarsus named Saul, for he is praying. In a vision, he has seen a man named Ananias come and place his hands on him to restore his sight. Lord, Ananias answered, I have heard many reports about this man and all the harm he has done to your holy people in Jerusalem. And he has come here with authority from the chief priests to arrest all who call on your name. But the Lord said to Ananias, go, this man is my chosen instrument to proclaim my name to the Gentiles and their kings and to the people of Israel. I will show him how much he must suffer for my name. Then Ananias went to the house and entered it. Placing his hands on Saul, he said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus, who appeared to you on the road as you were coming here, has sent me so that you may see again and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Immediately, something like scales fell from Saul's eyes, and he could see again. He got up and was baptized, and after taking some food, he regained his strength. Thanks, Darren. You can all be seated. So today's passage picks up in the middle of Saul's conversion story. And leading into this, Saul was a man who the early church feared. Acts 7 and 8 shows us that he was involved in the, the stoning of Stephen, who was the first martyr. And it was at the focal point of the persecution and imprisonment of the early Christians. The start of Paul's or Saul's conversion story uh, has him still breathing out these murderous threats to the people of Damascus. And uh, his goal is to get there so he can imprison as many as possible. On his way to Damascus to capture Christians, he has an encounter with Jesus. And Jesus tells him that he must go to Damascus. Except before telling him this, he blinds him. What's crazy for one reason or another, Saul did what Jesus asked of him. Today's passage shows us uh, where that story picks up from. And it shows us how we can put our faith in Jesus and what it looks like to transform our lives. It shows us the different ways we can be transformed. It shows us different components of what transformation is. And it also shows us the results of those transformations. When we look at the story, it might be easy to, to notice Paul's or Saul's right away. Right? He, he meets Jesus, gets blinded, crazy things happen, now he believes. But 
there's another equally as important and meaningful transformation that happens in the story. And it happens in Ananias. Both stories are incredibly power, have, have incredible power, but they're different in subtle ways. When we look at these transformation stories, we see two types. We see radical and gradual transformation. Radical transformation is what happens within Saul. And it's what happens to all of us when we put our faith in Jesus. When Saul decided to give his life to Jesus, his motivations, his identity, and his circumstances radically changed. Verse 15 and 16 says, Go, this man is my chosen instrument to proclaim my name to the Gentiles and their kings and to the people of Israel. I will show him how much he must suffer for my name. Saul went from being the big persecutor of Christians to being called Christ's chosen instrument. Now that's a complete 180, isn't it? He went from being the most feared to God saying, no, he's going to be my instrument. When I think about the change that happened within Saul, I can't help but think like, what if Michael Jordan, bulls on the brain, the NBA season's about to start. What if Michael Jordan, when he retired the first time, wouldn't have come back to play baseball and then win three more championships? What if instead, he's like, you know what? I'm not going to be competitive anymore. I'm going to seek self-actualization and join a monastery. Complete 180. It's, it's, it's out of this world. But Saul's life being transformed had great consequences for his life and his career. He was a Pharisee who had a lot of clout in the Jewish community, and he was highly educated and well-known for his talents. Choosing to put his faith in Jesus meant big consequences. It meant that he would take his life of prominence and glory, maybe even one could say safety, and going to choose a life of suffering for the gospel. His choosing to put faith in Jesus would flip the script on his circumstances. Instead of being the hunter with privilege, he would become the hunted in suffering. But it was not just his worldly motivations, his identity and his circumstances that changed. More importantly, it was his soul. Something changed inside of him. And when we choose to put our faith in Jesus, like Saul, we go from dead to alive. Dead to sin, alive in Christ. We go from being a slave to sin to a child of God. Completely different identities. God does this in our lives just like he did in Saul's. But when we look at Ananias' transformation, we see something a little bit different. Something not quite as bold as what happens to Saul. In this passage, Ananias has already decided to follow Jesus. But he's put in a situation that's uncomfortable and trying. And because of this, he succumbs to fear. He becomes scared. Verse 13 shows this when he says, Lord, Ananias answered, I have heard many reports about this man and all the, all the harm he has done to our holy people in Jerusalem. And he has come here with authority from the chief priests to arrest all who call on your name. Imagine the fear inside of Ananias. 
The guy responsible for death, imprisonment, persecution. He's being asked to go into his home, or into a home, put himself before him like a lamb to the slaughter. I think we struggle with that. There's a lot of times where God puts us in an uncomfortable situation and we have a choice and sometimes we don't choose to walk in that door. After the radical transformation of giving our lives to Jesus, God continues to gradually transform our lives. And sometimes it's in the very subtle things. For Ananias, this transformation was living in fear to go into a place of trust in God's love. Seems subtle, but it's a huge transformation at the same time. It changed the trajectory of his situation. Verse 17 says, Then Ananias went to the house and entered it. Placing his hands on Saul, he said, Brother, Saul, the Lord Jesus, who appeared to you on the road as you were coming here, has sent me to you so that you may see again and be filled with the Holy Spirit. When Ananias went into that house, something changed within him. He was transformed. When he put his hand on Saul, he said, Brother, something changed. He was living in God's love. He was trusting in God's love that he would take care of him in this dangerous circumstance. And when we put our faith in Jesus and are radically transformed, we have that same opportunity for God to continue working in our lives in subtle ways. But because of our humanity, sometimes we stumble. And we're in constant need of upkeep, so God continues to transform us. As we look forward to being a place where lives are transformed here at Twin Falls Reformed Church, this passage shows us so many important components for our lives to be transformed. First, there's a, a component of meeting Jesus. Our lives being transformed includes meeting Jesus. It's where radical transformation happens for all of us. It's where we come, become something different than what we were. We see it in Saul's story that there's something that happens when he meets Jesus that gives him this blind obedience to follow. Obedience to God's word is also an important component to, to having our lives transformed. In both Saul's and Ananias' story, there is a component of obedience. Verse 11 and 12 say, the Lord told him, go to the house of Judas on Straight Street and ask for a man from Tarsus named Saul, for he's praying. In a vision, he has seen a man named Ananias come and place his hands on him to restore his sight. The Lord told Ananias to do something, and he did it. Now, he needed a little bit of reassurance, but acted obediently nonetheless. In Saul's case, when Jesus told him to go to Damascus, he did it, even though he did so blindly. Both Ananias' and Saul's obedience required a step of faith. 
Many times, a part of our transformation is going to involve a moment like that too. A step of faith. Are you willing to go into that unknown or make that decision that's going to allow for God's transformation in you to become complete? At this point, it is important to note that it is God that transforms us. It is not us. The things that we do are the result of God's transformation. Our obedience is not what transforms us. It is God. Within both stories, there's also a spiritual component. For Saul, we see it when he receives the Holy Spirit. And with Ananias, we see it when God speaks to him through a vision. An important important part of his transformation is being spirit-led. Now, many times for us, God doesn't speak to us, the Holy Spirit doesn't speak to us through visions. Some of us, it happens. Through visions or through bold statements. A lot of times, it's in that subtle nudge or prompt that we talked about a few weeks ago. But he does speak to us. And a huge piece of transformation is a willingness to follow that lead that God gives us through the Holy Spirit. Another key aspect of being transformed is a reliance on love. Instead of letting other emotions like anger, sadness, fear fuel who we are, we need to let love lead us to the new frontier. We need to rely on the love of God because when we rely on the love of God, it allows us to better love others. It allows for his love to bleed out from us onto the people we know, love, and care about. A couple of weeks ago, Chuck talked about living in love individually and collectively as a body of believers and what that creates. It creates a safe haven, a place where people can come and feel like they can be transformed. An important aspect of this story is that despite the chaos of the story, because there's a lot of wild things that happen, There's an element of safety found in the places where it all happens. And many times that safety comes in the presence of others. Now, do any of these components sound a little bit familiar? I want you to look at that list. Meeting Jesus, obedience to God's word, spiritual uh, spiritual component, a reliance on love. They're the directives we've already talked about. What I love about our vision is that it builds on itself. When we are biblically obedient, when we are spirit-led, when we meet Jesus, when we rely on love, a.k.a. create a safe haven, lives will be transformed. And that's what we want to have happen here at TFRC. We want lives to be transformed. We want us to start living life in a visibly different way because of our faith in Jesus. But what are the results we need to be looking for? Uh, What happens within this transformation? The last two verses of our passage gives us a bit of an idea of what to expect. Verse 18 and 19 says, Immediately something like scales fell from Saul's eyes. And he could see again. He got up and was baptized. And after taking some food, he regained his strength. One of the results of transformation is being restored. It's restoration. 
We see this when the scales fall from Saul's eyes. In his case, it was a physical restoration. But many times in our lives, it's emotional or it's spiritual or relational. It can look like families and friends resolving conflict. It can look like finding joy in life again. Or maybe it's just remembering and realizing again how much you love Jesus and how much he loves you. Another result of transformation is that we are remade. When Paul, Saul, put his faith in Jesus, he was made new in Christ. Verse 18 uh, talks about his baptism. That's a sign of the different transformation that made him new. The same is true for us when we choose to put our faith in Jesus. We are filled with the Holy Spirit. We become a child of God, no longer slave to sin. Transformation also results in rejuvenation. Sometimes we just need to have our cup filled, like I said earlier. Sometimes we need to be filled up again. For Saul, there was a time of rest at the end of this passage where he could collect himself and be made new. For us, there's often a rejuvenation of the soul. When, we tr when transformation happens, we find ourselves feeling more whole and more complete. We see this in summer camps. We see this at retreats. We see this in different conferences. People come in just feeling empty. But there's something that happens while there that fills them up. There's a transformation that God makes inside of them. And lastly, one of the results of transformation is a ripple effect. This isn't really per se in the passage, but for those that don't know, after I've already said it a few times, Saul becomes Paul, the Apostle Paul. And Paul is the man responsible for writing the majority of the New Testament and might be the single most important person to the spread of the Christian faith besides Jesus. This story of transformation had a ripple effect over 2,000 years that's led to billions of people Believing in Jesus. When we, let, when we have transformation in our lives, we don't know what its implications are. We just know we need to be faithful. For Saul or Paul, it led to spreading the gospel all over the world. But for Ananias, we don't hear from him again. We don't really know what happens with him? And I would argue that's like a lot of our story. We might not make a big worldwide wave, but God continues to transform us. And an important aspect to remember about this story is that Paul is a ripple effect of Ananias' transformation. Ananias' choice to be obedient, take a step of faith, and do what God told him led to Paul doing what he did. I want to take, take a quick survey of the room. Who here has ever heard of Clara Wolfus? Anyone here ever heard of Clara Wolfus? I didn't think so, because she's not a, a well-known person. Clara Wolfus 
was a woman who made a radical transformation, who had a radical transformation happen in her life. She decided to put her faith in Jesus Christ. She was a faithful wife to an abusive alcoholic husband. Over the years, there were many gradual transformations that began to happen in her where she felt she needed to start instilling the love of Jesus into her children. One of the children that she had, his name was Dick. And and Dick eventually got married and he went into ministry and lived his life for Jesus. Then he had a son named Brian. Brian did the same. A life of ministry devoted to Jesus along with his wonderful wife, Lori. And I have the privilege of calling him dad. I want you to know this. There is a ripple effect. The step of faith. The transformation that happened in Clara Wolfis generationally changed a family. How amazing is that? He can do the same in each and every one of you. Whether our transformation is worldwide or maybe just a small little transformation, there's a meaningful ripple effect that allows for it to bring Jesus into the world in a much greater way. The gospel is real. The gospel changes everything. Because of that, We feel compelled to live visibly different lives because of what Jesus has done in our hearts. We just looked at the transformation story of two people and the effect they had on the course of history. Imagine the impact each and every one of you can have on the Magic Valley. It's exponential. Who knows what could happen here? God is transforming each and every one of us right now. What is your next step of obedience? That next step of faith that you are called to do as a result of the ways God is transforming your life right now? And secondly, are you giving yourself the opportunity to be a part of somebody else's transformation story? Are you taking part in that ripple effect? Let's go ahead and pray. God, we thank you so much for for everything you you do for our lives. We, We thank you for the transforming nature you bring to us. And we ask that you continue to transform us in subtle ways every day that so we can grow closer to you and more like Jesus. Lord, I'm so thankful for the people God has put in my life in the lives of others that have helped that ripple effect, that have, that have maybe brought some of us here today. Lord, help us to have our lives respond to the transformation that's happening in our lives. In your name we pray, amen. As God transforms our lives, may the Lord bless you and keep you. 
May the Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace. Amen.